0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Do you have the power today? really the question is not whether or not you have the power because the power is there and is is able to be accessed 24/7 the question is are you accessing the power are you activating the power yes we've been in a series for man what's this 13 weeks now and what an amazing series this has been I've got the power if you have missed any of the teachings I encourage you highly encourage you to go back on our website and to the archives and look at the ones that you missed make sure that you you get yourself up to date because um, it has been a very powerful, no pun intended, um, uh, teaching or teaching series, and uh, I am so excited to be able to share with you what God has given me, uh, the word that he's given me today, and uh, I told some people first service that it felt so good to get that word out because I really truly felt like I was going to explode um, because I was holding so much truth and power inside that I just could not wait to release it. So I'm really excited that you're here today and that God is going to speak truth to you and to rock your world. I wanna start off by, well, first of all, I didn't introduce myself. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Andrea. I'm not Pastor Cherry. If you came today and you were hoping to hear Pastor Cherry teach because you have heard that he is an amazing, amazing, powerful teacher, you're right in that. Um, But just hold on for one more week and he'll be back next week uh, to teach us back here. So I wanna start off today by uh, telling you a little bit of a story. Uh, There's these things called blinding laser weapons. They're weapons that are designed to blind soldiers on the field of battle. Most countries adhere to international law to minimize the power of their lasers. China, however, instead of limiting the power of such weapons, there, I did it again. Look at this, technology. China, however, instead of limiting the power of such weapons, took full advantage of the potential, developing the battery-powered ZM87 portable laser disturber. Its desired effect was to injure or to dizzy the eyes of enemy combatants. By seeking to blind the enemy, they rendered them unable to fight. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you've never really thought about the tactics of war, but it sure does make a lot of sense that a soldier doesn't have to be destroyed in order to be rendered useless. See, blinding them is enough. Folks, we're in a war. We're in a spiritual war. Whether you show up or not, it's happening. There is a real enemy. His name is Satan, and he is constantly showing up. Satan doesn't have to get rid of us to take us out of the battle. All he needs to do is to render us useless by blinding us to the truth. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have, that we get to come into this place, that we get to abandon ourselves in worship, that we get to sit in a comfortable place to hear your word, God. And I thank you for the truth that you are getting ready to release today in this place. Father anoint these words. These are your words that you've given me, but without your anointing, they mean mean nothing, God. And Father, my desire, you know the desire of my heart, is that your truth would be so impactful today that it would cause people to take action. So Father, help us to do that today in Jesus's mighty name. And all of God's people said, Amen. amen. Well, do you have your Bible? You have your Bible with you. Do you have, maybe you're looking at scripture on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever kind of electronic device you have. Let's get that out. Let's hold it up because I want us to say our Bible confession. We don't just do this just to do this, but this gets us in the right frame of mind to hear God's word. So let's all say this together. Hold your Bibles up. Ready? Go. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the word. I confess that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, if you will, turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles is in the Old Testament. If you can find Psalms, just flip about four or five books to the left and you'll find yourself in the Chronicles. If you find yourself in First Chronicles, you just went a little bit too far. Flip back over to 2 Chronicles. At the time of 2 Chronicles, there's this guy named Jehoshaphat. I told everyone earlier that sometimes I get tongue-tied on this man's name, so if I do, if that happens, I'm not playing with the name. I'm just going to call him Japhat, okay? Is that okay here today? All right. So Jehoshaphat, he was reigning as the king of Judah, and he's facing the greatest external threat of his reign. See, a massive amount of bad guys, three nations actually to be exact, were plotting to crush Judah. Now, in the face of incredible odds, Jehoshaphat experiences the greatest victory he has ever witnessed. The victory, however, was not a result of doing nothing. There are three key weapons in this passage that King Jehoshaphat activated that led to this great victory. And if we'll practice this same three-weapon combo, I am expectant and believe wholeheartedly that we will set ourselves up to witness victory after victory in every area of our lives and those around us. Now, I don't know about you, but I, for one, like to win and I want you to win too. So if you're taking notes today, and I hope that you are taking notes because I'm gonna give you a lot of truth today. So put your seat belts on. I'm gonna try not to go warp speed because I'm really excited about the truth that's getting ready to be dropped on you today, but try and keep up. So the title of this message is called, I'm calling it, Key Weapons for Victory. And I'm just going to go ahead and give you the weapons right up front, and then we'll go into each one. So the three weapons in this passage are fasting, prayer, and praise. Fasting, prayer, and praise. Verse 3 says, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Let me ask you a question right up front here before we really dive in. And that question is, when you experience fear or you need answers, where do you turn to? Where's that first place that you go to? Is it Google is it social media? Is it your spouse? Is it a a really good friend? Is it a family member? Is it a substance? Is it food? What is that thing? What is that first initial thing that you run to when you've been met with something that makes you fearful or that you need answers to? See, King Jehoshaphat's immediate response in the midst of fear was, I've got to get to my God. He positioned himself in a way that he was totally dependent on God, knowing God was the only one that could deliver Judah. See, he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast. So how do we activate the first weapon? Well, we proclaim it. So number one, write down, proclaim a fast. Now, according to Scripture, biblical fasting is a voluntary denial of food. When God's people fasted, it always had to do with food, and there's a reason for it. As I was studying this passage of scripture and I was preparing for this teaching today, I was using my spirit-filled study Bible, and if you don't have a spirit-filled study Bible, I would highly encourage you to do so because it just gives you so much more in-depth. Down at the bottom, there's these footnotes that will kind of go into a little bit of an explanation of maybe something you didn't understand that will give you greater insight into the passage that you're reading. And then also, in the margins, sometimes there will be uh, verses that parallel the verses that you're reading and, and so on. So as I was reading this, that Jehoshaphat, I have to really think that Japhat, uh, that that he um, uh, proclaimed a fast over into the um, margin. It references Jonah three. So I thought Jonah. Why are we going to go over here to Jonah? This is kind of silly. Seems like to me. Are we going to talk about the Jonah and the whale? You know, you know who Jonah was, right? He was you know stuck in the belly of the whale. And I kind of thought, well, this is this is weird. So I, I was like, I'm just going to humor you, God, and I'm going to go to Jonah, because, you know, he knows everything. So um, I figured he was getting ready to tell me something. So I go to Jonah chapter 3, and basically the the passage of scripture that it referenced just said that the city of Nineveh proclaimed a fast. And I was like, okay, well, that's what I just read that uh, King Japhat did. So what's the he's like, no, look below it, Andrea. Oh, okay. So in your spirit-filled study Bible, there's these things called word wealth. And what I'm getting ready to tell you absolutely blew my mind. And I literally thought in the moment, how in the world did I never see this before? How did I never make this connection? How did I, how did I never see it in my study Bible, for one? I just kind of you know glossed over it. But what he gave me was a bit of insight into the act of fasting, which deepened my whole understanding of it, my need for it, and the power in it. See, he showed me that fasting is an action contrary to that first act of sin in humanity. I was like, what? What was that first act of sin in humanity? It was eating that which was forbidden what was the root of this first sin introduced pride the serpent said to eve in genesis 3 5 for god knows that in the day you eat of it the forbidden fruit your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil the desire to become wise seemed quite reasonable to the woman but her definition of wise was human self-rule not god dependency Galatians 5 tells us that the desires of our flesh and the desires of our spirit are are against one another. By fasting, we're denying the flesh and we're activating the spirit man. By fasting, we position ourselves to hear clearly from the Lord. As fasting humbles us, it humbles our will, our agenda, and our wants or our desires. Why would we want to position ourselves in such a way? So glad you asked. 1 Peter 5 says God resists the proud and gives humble, gives grace to the humble. So if God doesn't respond to pride, then humbling yourself before God must invite him to respond. Now, why proclaim? Proclaim in this passage in Hebrew is the word waikra, which means to call out, cry out, utter a loud sound, to summon, invite, call for, call and commission, or appoint. Now see, when I say proclaim a fast, I'm not suggesting that you go out and you stand on your street corner with a megaphone and say, hear ye, hear ye, I will now be fasting. No, that's not what I mean. And I don't mean that you would flip over to your social media and begin to, to put together a post that says, oh, I will now be fasting holier than thou am I. No. Remember, he resists the proud. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is there is power in our words according to Proverbs 18, 21. What does Proverbs 18, 21 say? There is power of life and death in the tongue. I'm releasing, listen to this, I'm releasing by proclaiming, I'm releasing the proclamation of my intended stance in the midst of my situation. Whether that be to inform myself, Or to summon the angel armies and to announce to every demon in hell that engagement into the battle has been made now in order for there to be a response from the lord there must be some dialogue right so first we're going to proclaim a fast and you know maybe some of you dads fathers husbands in the room maybe part of the reason why you've had such resistance in whatever area that is i don't know what that is right now god's not downloading that to me but maybe part of what needs to come the breakthrough is that you need to proclaim a fast in your household that you need to summon proclaim the rest of the family and you need to fast and seek the lord i didn't say that first service So number one was proclaim a fast. Number two, pursue God in prayer. Pursue God in prayer. Did you know that you have the privilege to pursue God the Father in prayer? Do you really, though? See, through Jesus, he has given us direct access to the Father, and we now can come boldly before him. No appointment needed. See, back in the Old Testament, they didn't have this. When it says that they called out to God, they spoke to God, the angel of the Lord, that the angel, that was Jesus. They didn't have access to God the Father. We have access to God the Father through Jesus because Jesus went to the cross, he died on the cross, he rose again, and when he did that, the veil tore in two that was separating us from our Father, and now we can boldly come into his presence, into the throne room of our Father and boldly ask what, for what we need. Thank you, because I am teaching way better than y'all are responding. (laughs) And when you need answers or a strategy on how to fight the enemy, who better to go to than the big guy himself? Don't you want to, like, bypass and just go straight? It's like when you're talking to a, a telemarketer or whoever from customer service, and you're like, can I just get your supervisor? can I just get to the one in charge because I know that the one in charge is the only one that can make what happen happen what I'm needing to happen. That's the same thing. We're going to our God, the one who knows all things, sees all things. By pursuing God in prayer, I develop a relationship with him. I get to know his character. It's where we build intimacy and trust. King Jehoshaphat found himself in a helpless situation. He knew he didn't have the power to defeat what was coming his way, but he knew the one who could. So he cried out in prayer. In verses 6 through 12, he's reminding God of who he is. But really, I think he's reminding himself and God's people of who God is because, well, God doesn't ever forget who he is. He's recounting all the mighty works God has done for his people. He's recounting times past where they had faced trials, dangers, and is establishing that deliverance was only by God's power. That he could be trusted then and that they will yet again trust in their God. Now, I don't believe this tactic is by chance. I actually believe it's very strategic. Reminding myself of what God has done stirs up expectancy and faith within me that he really is who he says he is. In verse 12, King Jehoshaphat ends his prayer by acknowledging his weakness and looking to the Lord. For we are powerless against this great horde or army that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He knew that if anyone knew the answer or had the best strategy— Oh, his God did. And the only way to get that answer, the right effective strategy was going to be in fasting and prayer. Just like fasting humbles us, prayer does too. In prayer, we recognize that by ourselves, we don't have one single clue. We surrender or cast all of our worries and cares on him and declare that our human tactics will never win the spiritual battles we face. Only God's strength empower will. Think about it. When we don't pray, when we don't look to him, what are we saying? Pride, I got this. I can do it on my own. But let me ask you, how's that been working for you? Maybe let's try a different tactic. So at this point, King Jehoshaphat has proclaimed a fast and he's prayed. And now, oh my goodness, it's getting ready to get good. So you know how Pastor Terry has been teaching us through uh, I've Got the Power through this whole entire series that, um, you know, all of the different gifts that are given from the Father, from uh, the Son, and from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, those gifts you don't own and I don't own. Holy Spirit owns them, and he activates them and releases them as he see wills as He wills, and who he sees that he wants to will them to, Right? This passage right here, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. I want you to, as you're listening, see if you can pick out a word of prophecy, which is what? Encouragement, a word of knowledge, which was something that they didn't know, and a word of wisdom, what to do with it. So here it is. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel in the midst of the assembly. It didn't say that the Spirit of the Lord came upon King Jehoshaphat. Japhat, see? And he said, Listen, all of you, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Did you see that? Did you see the encouragement, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom? So awesome. Look at the the building of the passage. King Jehoshaphat humbles himself before the Lord, seeking him in fasting and prayer, which in turn positions himself and the people of God, to hear from him. It isn't until after they fasted and prayed that the word of the Lord came. Do you need a word from God? Have you fasted and prayed yet? Isaiah 58, 8 and 9 says this. Then, when you have fasted, and I added when you have fasted, because the whole entire uh, chapter of 58, if you'll go back, I encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter this week, because Isaiah 58 tells of the fast that pleases God. So then when you have fasted, your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rearguard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here am I. See, what I've come to find out is that humble, authentic, right and motive fasting plus praying always equals a response from God always when we have the right heart when we have the right motive when we humble ourselves before him in prayer and fasting it will always always lead to a response from God so we proclaim a fast we pursue God in prayer and then number three the best part we stand in praise We stand in praise. Verse 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise, you read that and heard that right, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, those three nations who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they help to destroy one another. See, this third weapon is so powerful, and I believe, honestly, is the most underused and or one that is not even looked at as a weapon by many Christians. See, the enemy has blinded many of its power, and after all, he used to be in charge of it, so why wouldn't he want to, want to blind us to it? Because he knows how powerful it is. He knows that if we will grab hold of this truth today, He doesn't stand a chance. Psalm 149 says this, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths. Catch this, for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance on the nations and every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment decreed against their enemies. That is past tense, people. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment already decreed against their enemies this is the honor he gives to all his godly lovers and say the rest with me hallelujah praise the lord yes i'm going to tell you what that's some powerful truth that deserves more than this who are the enemies psalm 4, 149 is talking about your coworker your boss? Maybe it's your spouse? That neighborhood kid down the street who's just a bully? Or maybe it's those that are in governmental power? No. Remember Ephesians 6.12 tells us your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities, and I want you to hear me, these are plural the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. That's nothing to play with, people. And that scripture alone could be enough to scare the you-know-what out of you. And if you're fighting in your own strength, it sure should. But with God, there is no fear and there is no, no such thing as defeat. Up until this point in 2 Chronicles 20, we have yet to see a victory. They've been positioning themselves, but it wasn't until they actually began to sing that they saw victory. As they began to sing and praise God with an expectancy that he would fight for them, their enemies were defeated. I want to go back to verse 17, and I want to read it to you in a different uh, version, because as I was looking over my notes uh, yesterday afternoon and I was, you know, just sitting with scripture, just sitting with him and, and asking, God, is there anything else that you, that you want to tell me? Is there anything else that you want to reveal to me? And um, he did. You know, we can look at this kind of a story and we can kind of just read through it and, and we could possibly get the wrong view or the wrong perspective of what this actually looked like. Because we could possibly read it, and when it says, you know, that the battle is not yours, the battle is God's, he's going to fight for you. We could possibly look at that as, yeah, he told us where they were going to be, that we were supposed to go down in that area. But it doesn't necessarily say that pinpointing exactly that we're supposed to go down right in the midst of it, right? possibly we could have a perspective that, oh, well, maybe they were looking on a hilltop, looking down at all of this going on, that they are just turning against one another and destroying one another. But he said, no, no, read the ESV version. So I pulled it up. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. It says, stand firm, hold your position. Why would he say that if they were not right in the midst of the battle? Why would he need to say that? If they were up on a hilltop looking down at things going on, why would he need to tell them, stand firm and hold your position? Some of you are in this kind of a storm right now where you feel the waves are crashing over you, that you're being knocked to and fro, and the word of the Lord is today, stand firm and hold your position. What kind of faith would that require anyway if they were up on a hilltop looking kind of removed? that must have taken extreme amount of faith to be down in the battle with three whole nations coming against you and that you don't have the power to fight these nations off and 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 your god tells you that you're just supposed to stand that had to take great faith people and this isn't the only isolated event in scripture that singing brought victory either In Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas demonstrate the supernatural power of authentic, passionate praise, facing unimaginable conditions while being wrongly imprisoned for their faith. They chose to stop focusing on their circumstance and instead turn their attention fully, hear me, I said fully, onto the faithfulness of their God. How many of you know you can turn part of your attention on God and most of it on the situation? He requires a fully. So powerful was their faith filled praise in that dark, miserable prison that their environment suddenly changed and they were instantly set free. The kingdom of heaven burst through the atmosphere, magnetically drawn to the authentic faith of two suffering men, and the miraculous power of God was released, shaking everything around them and releasing them and everyone around them. What I know about true, authentic, power-filled faith and praise is that not only will it set you free, but it will set everybody around you free. Another great example of the power of praise is in Joshua chapter 6. You remember this story, the, the story of the walls of Jericho? Carefully obeying God's instructions, his people marched obediently around the impenetrable walls. Here's another scenario where it looks hopeless. The impenetrable walls of Jericho, and when the right moment arrived, they let out a shout of praise and victory. Moved by their faith, the walls were still erect when they shouted, but the moment they released that praise, the moment they released that shout, what happened? The walls came tumbling down. Moved by their faith, God burst into this, their circumstance, shaking the earth and causing the walls to collapse, and a great and otherwise impossible victory was won. Now, praise is not solely defined by just singing upbeat, loud songs, but rather a faithful declaration of God's power and his nature in the face of impossible circumstances that attract the supernatural power of heaven to bring breakthrough. Our praise is a weapon and one of the most powerful ones we will ever use, but this is a weapon that can only be activated by faith. In every one of those examples, they didn't see victory in the natural. It looked hopeless, no way out. Surely defeat was imminent. It doesn't make sense to lift your voice in those kinds of moments, does it? To shout and to praise? But by doing so, you are abandoning your whole self to trusting in God, the only one that can save. Why is praise so powerful? There's many reasons, really an exhaustive list that I could stand here and give you, but the one reason that holds the most weight and each of us must grab a hold of is found in Psalm 22.3 but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel or your people. Enthroned here means to sit down, to remain, to dwell. See, he's not visiting. You remember way back when, when I talked about Psalm 91? Remember when we talked about dwelling? That was that we remain. We sit down. This is the same here. He's not visiting, he establishes his kingdom here. When we praise, his presence abides with us and we partner with him. See, few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. i must going to say that again. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. The verb enthroned in Psalm 22.3 indicates that wherever God's people exalt his name, he is ready to manifest his kingdom's power in the way most appropriate to the situation, as his rule is invited to invade our setting. God awaits the powerful and praise-filled worship of his people as an entry point for his kingdom to come that his will be done in human circumstances. Now, all three of these weapons are good on their own, and they have benefits. I mean, how could they not be? God came up with them anyway, and everything that he does, says, and establishes is good, right? But when you combine all three of these weapons together, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. I didn't say using this combo of weapons would keep him at bay that he wouldn't come attacking. But what I did say is when you activate this weapon combo he cannot stand. Does anybody remember the video game Mortal Kombat? Anybody? Okay. As I'm sitting in my office going through this teaching, this Mortal Kombat comes through my head, and I'm like, Mortal Kombat? Where in the world did that come from? I'm not, I've never been like really a gamer. Um, I think I've maybe only played Mortal Kombat like once or twice. Um, but in Mortal Kombat, what you're doing essentially, of course, I always wanna know how do you win the game? Cause I wanna win. So how you win the game is that you are, you're fighting against an opponent, and you're using different uh, moves, you're doing, using different combination of moves to wear down your opponent and defeat him or her. And then comes the point in the game where it's time to pull out that final move and you hear, finish him. Right? Hello. Finish him. See, the weapon of praise, I'm I'm laughing on the inside because so many of you are like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) woke you up let me tell you when you praise you wake up the enemy to go oh crap is it okay if i say crap in church i just did oh crap she's awake he's awake and now i don't stand a chance the weapon of praise is that final move because where god is exalted he is enthroned where he is enthroned his kingdom reigns and where god's kingdom reigns the enemy cannot. he cannot By activating these weapons, we don't manipulate God, but we align ourselves with the great kingdom truth. His is the power, and ours is the privilege, the honor, and the responsibility to welcome him into our everyday lives and circumstances. Now, another thing that blew my mind, you know, because I've been sharing you all these revelations and things that God has been blowing my mind with this particular teaching... As I'm going through and I'm, I'm, I'm writing this different stuff and I'm just typing away and he's speaking and all of a sudden I just, I, I felt him almost like a, not an audible voice, but just a sense of, um, this is the battle plan for 2022. And I already gave it to you back in August. August? What happened in August? Oh, the staff, all the pastors and the staff went to St. Augustine and we had a staff retreat where we got alone as a team with God. We sought him in prayer, we worshiped together, and we sought him for what 2022 was gonna be. God, give us us what you want us to focus on. And what he gave us was, what we're going to do in 2022 is every quarter, the very first week of every quarter, we're going to do a three-day fast. We're going to pray corporately. And what are we going to do to end this three-day fasting and praying? We're going to worship with a night of worship and praise. Every single quarter of next year. He's given us the battle plan for 2022. And I cannot tell you how after going through this, this scripture, after sitting with the Lord with this, how ex expectant and excited I am for 2022 and I believe that 2022 is the year for the father's house if if you will activate this three weapon combo but you don't have to wait until January of 2022 you can do it now and I implore you to do it now How much more will you be in the practice of it when when 2022 hits and then we begin to do it corporately together? Can you imagine how electrifying this place is going to be? Can you imagine of how attracted he will be to this place? Can you imagine the breakthroughs that are going to happen in your life? Does anybody need a breakthrough in any area of their life? Does anybody you know need a breakthrough in their life? I'm telling you, if we will do this, we are going to see things, people, that we have never seen before. We are going to see signs, wonders, and miracles that are going to continually in 2022 and beyond blow our minds because of how great our God is and simply because we chose to be obedient and we chose to grab hold of and latch on to the power of his truth and to, to the power of all that he is when we come together corporately like this in times of singing praise to our god the worship team of this father's house will do everything they know how to position themselves and the room to receive and to respond to god when he moves and when he speaks but what about you will you be positioned or will you be left on the outskirts watching we've got to start now positioning ourselves i believe that there is something great coming in 2022 and i don't just mean great as woo-hoo, because i guarantee you there will be great adversity and the opportunity for us to stand firm and hold our positions. What would it look like on Sundays when we are gathered in this place to praise, worship, and exalt his name if we all begin to practice this weapon combo in our everyday lives? Can you imagine the strength of his kingdom invited into your everyday life, let alone into this place? Can you imagine how attracted to this place he would be if every single person came with expectant praise on their lips? I believe signs, wonders, and miracles will break out and that we will experience breakthroughs and victories like never before. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to see victory in your life? Now I want you to take out that connection card that Eddie talked to us about at the beginning of of service because we need to take a next step. Every one of us. I've already filled out a connection card and taken the next step. If we're going to do this as a body of believers, if we're going to truly activate this three-weapon combo, we can't do it by sitting here and listening on a Sunday morning. We have to take what we've heard, take what we've learned, study it further, and then put it into action. We have to do something. So maybe on the back of your connection card, I've given three different um, next steps that you could possibly take. Maybe one would be read all of Second Chronicles 20 this week and ask Holy Spirit what he wants to teach or show you further personally. Maybe it's spend time in prayer this week asking Holy Spirit to open your eyes to the power of these weapons. Or maybe your next step is begin to activate and practice this three-weapon combo, fasting, praying, and praising. Maybe Holy Spirit has already been talking to you and has already given you a next step that doesn't even have anything to do with that. Write that down. Write it down. Maybe your next step is, I want to begin to activate and practice, but I don't know that I have all the tools that I need to do that. One, I don't even have a Bible let us know, we're gonna get you a Bible. We want to walk this journey with you because it's gonna take all of us walking the journey together, no man left behind. So take a next step, write on your connection card what that is that you're going to do this week to take a next step to position yourself, position yourself for victory. Now maybe your next step is, maybe you've gone AWOL. Maybe you've gone AWOL and your next step is that you need to re-engage. Or maybe your next step is to enlist in the army altogether. Because see, the weapons we talked about today are only effective when they're in the hands of the children of God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this powerful word Oh, my heart's desire is that each of us would grab hold of this word and that we would run with it. That we would run with it, run home, run into our communities, run into our workplaces, run into the gas station with it, run into our schools with it. That it would spread like wildfire and that we would truly see a community changed by your power, God. Father, I truly believe that there are some here that have gone AWOL, And that there are some here that they have to come to a place where they need to re-engage. That they need to re-engage and get to a place either for the very first time where they're standing rightly with you or maybe they've just veered off a little bit and they need to get back. So maybe if that's you here today and that's your next step, that you need to rededicate your life, that you need to recognize that you haven't been living rightly and that you wanna get back into his saving grace. Or maybe you've never even made that decision. It's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. And if that's you today, if you need to make a recommitment or you need to believe in Jesus for the very first time, would you just raise your hand? Just raise it up. High, boldly, it's the best decision. I don't care if you have been in church for 25 years. There is no shame and no condemnation in this place in the name of Jesus. But that you say, I gotta get free. Thank you, sir, I see that hand back there. I see that hand, thank you. Anybody else in this room, maybe you're watching online, and I know it may seem silly to you that you're sitting there by yourself at your kitchen table, or maybe you're listening in the car, but that you would take a next step and act, be, do an action by raising your hand right now. I want to include you in this prayer too. Anybody else in the room, that that's you. Well, nobody should have to pray this prayer by themselves, so let's all pray it together. And repeat after me, Dear Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I know now that that Savior is you, Jesus. So I confess my sins to you, those none or unknown. I confess that you are Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you rose from the dead to give me new life and to give it to me more abundantly. So moving forward, I will do the best that I know how to live a life according to your will. Father, give me the tools that I need to live the life that you have died to give me. In Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's celebrate. All of heaven is rejoicing right now and celebrating. Oh, that is the greatest, greatest decision that you will ever ever make we have some tools that we want to put in your hand right now if you made that decision and you're here in the room do me a favor and take your connection card if you made that decision today take it out to the next steps wall and they have some information some some tools that they want to put in your hand to help you and further further you in your journey man today has been a great day did you get it did it help you did it encourage you all right It's time that the body of Christ link arms together and stand up in the power that we were created in. Amen? It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.